Good evening and welcome to the locker room here on Indie Live, regular number one for sport. Um, we are here every Friday night between six and seven, which are two best pals, Bill. Michael and Matthew, <laughs> all right, Matthew? Uh, you're right, how's things? I'm yeah, a bit, in uh, the bag. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a bit, um, should I say, worse for wear, because the lockdown's obviously coming to an end, and it was my wife's birthday yesterday, and it was really hot. Uh, we went down to the beach with a few cans of beer and a few uh, glasses of wine and stuff like that, and it was brilliant. But uh, now I look like a big tomato. So uh, <laughs> basically what you're saying is that's a good aggregate for the youth coming up behind us. You know, drink responsibly or don't drink at all. <laughs> and also wear, uh, I know the youngsters, is some suntan lotion or whatever, always wear that because, yeah, I look like a big tomato now. I just... Uh, it's all looking good. <laughs> I think the quote the night so far, Matthew, is but only, you know, like 60 seconds into the show, and you're saying, young already? <laughs> you're not that old yourselves, you know? Just... Do you know, right now I'm sucking on a Werther's original, so maybe I am that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. I can, uh, yeah, let's that, move on very quickly. It's Matthew, you... you no, Frank McAvenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Coming up tonight, then, we will speak about beat shit. No, we won't. We'll speak about football. We'll speak about rugby. And we'll sp- uh, news about the Team GB, Matthew, and the Olympic Games as well. And Matthew's got a bit of cricket news as well. I'm bowled over by that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, can't help myself there. You had me stumped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um. Okay, well, I will try and think up of something then. Yeah. Something you bowled me over there, Michael. Yeah, that, that's what I said, bowled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm on it the was home. so good. It, it was so good that it had to be said twice. <laughs> but I'm on the home run now. Um, uh, oh, oh, no, that, that's... That's baseball. That's baseball, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, let's move on to this. Uh, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, it's talking about sport. <laughs> um, so, yeah... Um, I don't know if you want to dive into the the chat about the Super League this week, Matthew. It came out on, was it Monday, Tuesday that came out? I mean, the whole thing just seems a bit... I mean, it came from nowhere, really. We were all sitting there down, I think, uh, thinking all the news had come to an end. And then all of a sudden, like a bolt from nowhere, the news about the Super League came out and... You know, it was it was massive, massive news at the time. Um, some of the biggest teams, not all of them, but some of the biggest teams in Europe, suggested that they were going to move away from UEFA and start their own league on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. It's almost on the level of when, you know, the FA Premier League started again and, and down in England. And I, I did think that the crocodile tears coming from England were a bit funny about it because obviously the biggest clubs. Have, have broke away from UEFA because they want to have a lot of the TV revenue. They want to have a lot of that shared out amongst themselves rather than share it out amongst uh, some of the other teams in, in the Champions League. And it was all about money. It's all about finance. Don't kid ourselves. But I did think the crocodile tears coming from England were were quite ironic because the England, down in England, obviously, nobody thought twice when the FA Premier League was first founded uh, in the early 90s. And that basically meant that the bigger teams in England had the bigger slice of the pie. So teams like Manchester United, Liverpool, um, all, Arsenal, all the big sides who have big attendances. 
got to keep a lot more of their attendance money, got to keep a lot more of the TV revenue. And obviously, the better they did, the more money they got of that pie. Um, so I did think it was a bit strange when they started crying about some of the bigger English teams wanting to join the Super League because I think English football's already been decimated on a sort of level like that um, fair financial fair play and on the pitch fair play. I think it's already been decimated. So to come out and, you know, complain about the about the big sides creating a Super League was a bit much. Um, but obviously nine of the 12 teams, I mean, the news with this seems to be happening dead fast because originally 12 founding teams were, were um, released the news. But then the next day, it was basically nine of the 12 had withdrawn, um, which makes me think that I think it was used as a bargaining tool. I, I don't think this was ever a real 100% real um, possibility, but I do think it was used very much to make sure that UEFA uh, knew that the clubs weren't happy with what they were, the UEFA were planning to do with the Champions League. And I think they used that as a bit of a bargaining tool to say, you know, if you don't come up with a Champions League that suits us, and makes it financially viable for us, then we will be in discussions with each other and we will move to a different format. But of course, UEFA quite quickly moved on with their 36-team Champions League format, uh, which I think didn't go far enough for the clubs, but it was clearly a move forward format-wise. And I think that's why you found that a lot of the clubs jumped shit from the Super League because UEFA are moving in the direction the big teams want. But that's very much as a... If you don't get this right, UEFA, we will leave. And I think um, that's what UEFA have on their plate, really, when they're trying to get this Champions League format right. And I don't, I don't think it's to do with, oh, yeah, that was a brilliant game of football for each or whatever. It's all about the money. So no matter if the football's going to be dire, they're still going to be earning lots of big bucks at the end of the day anyway. So, you know, oh, it's, not a, it's not a kind of like level playing field. Oh, I, I, yeah, it's nothing to do... Yeah, you're right. It's nothing to do with the football on the pitch. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, when you look at some of the teams that are involved in this, you would think, OK, if, if Manchester United or Manchester City or I don't know why Arsenal and Spurs are in... in because, you know, Aston Villa have won more European Cups than those two. Um but nevertheless, uh, they're in it. And I suppose if you're an Arsenal and Spurs, if you're thinking you could be playing against AC Milan, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Barcelona, on the pitch it will be good, don't get me wrong. Um, but this is all about money. It's pure greed. And I think this was very much a warning uh, warning UEFA that if they don't get the Champions League format right, they will start that. And Real Madrid kind of acknowledged that today. You know, I think the, the Real Madrid president uh, Florentino Perez had to come out and said that you know the Super League is on standby so even though you know nine of the 12 have actually said they're withdrawn Real Madrid are saying you know this this is on standby Real Madrid Barcelona Juventus haven't withdrawn yet um, you know they are still talking about maybe Paris Saint-Germain Bayern Munich of those sorts of sides joining as well so I think you will find that if if you if I don't get this right and the big clubs who you know don't get a a slice of the pie that they're happy with, you know, all these teams will be quite happy to leave UEFA eventually um, and join the Super League. And they are holding that as a carrot to UEFA saying, you know, if you don't get this right, we're away. But I think you will find the Super League basically will happen. Um, I think it will just be under UEFA, UEFA's uh, guidance rather than um, independent. I think it's well, um, just another case of what you were saying there, 
um, you know, if this league was going to kick off on Saturday, say, or maybe like next Wednesday, they would scout off with so many teams. But by the end of next season, they might have 40 teams in it, you know. Um, it reminds me about the Champions League because I don't know if you know, but back in the day when, when that when that Skaki get was under the winners, now it's anybody and their granny goes into it. You know, I remember that one year was Newcastle in the Champions League and Tottenham, and we weren't winners of the Premiership. I think they, they finished maybe like fifth or seventh in the league, and and they got into the Champions League, and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, if you're, if you're going to invite teams in like that, don't call it the Champions League then, because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, you're right. I think that Newcastle United side you're talking about, did they not beat Barcelona, or they drew with Barcelona? They had a really good game against Barcelona, and I'm sure Destino Espria scored mm-hmm. in that game as well. Yeah. So that's going back to the, what, the late 90s. 90, yeah. Um, and I think that's when the Champions League did start opening up. So you did have like teams who finished, I think Newcastle finished second those couple of seasons. Um, I think they finally got in and they, they did well in the Champions League. And I remember Newcastle had a great side. And like I said, don't get me wrong, the Champions League does have appeal to it. This Super League did have appeal to it. Um but, you know, I think the English teams were always wary. I think some of the other teams were always a bit wary about the Super League. But I don't think it was, like I said, I don't think it was really a viable thing. And when it first came out, I thought, well, here we go. We're going to have them, you know, dangling this in front of UEFA to get what they want in the Champions League format. And right enough, you know, the next day UEFA announced their plans for the Champions League and teams start withdrawing from the, from the Super League. Now, this in England again, this has been seen as a fans' victory. I don't think it is, I just think it's coincidence. You know, fans might have started protesting, but I think it was purely to do with the fact UEFA started to announce uh, the new improved Super uh, Champions League and the fact that it was coming towards where these clubs wanted to go. That's why these clubs started to withdraw. Uh, so it was again, it was a victory for money, it's a victory for greed. Um, but don't let anybody kid yourselves on that, you know, Sky and um, these football clubs in England were, you know, the beacons of light in regards to this, um, in regards to the Super League and uh, football fair play and all this kind of rubbish. Because in England, this this has already happened in, in the league structure with the FA Premier League um, and to the detriment of the smaller teams. And, you know, it's going to happen again in Europe. It's just going to be, I think, it's going to happen. It's just going to be under UEFA's guidance still. Um, with the Champions League format, but like you know, the Real Madrid president has said, you know, if this doesn't go the way um, that the clubs want it to go, that Super League is still on the table. But um, it's going to happen. It's just going to be under the Champions League. That's all. Yeah, it's not going to go away. The other thing I was going to say, Kate, just cut about the sky is I don't know if you heard it this week or not, but I was thinking to one one of my pals last night. Yeah, I've only got one pal. And um, he, he was saying to, I was, um, we were busy saying to, I was busy saying to him about the Celtic um, Aberdeen game not being on Sky last night. But apparently he heard that um, Sky was going to cover that game. But because it was a meaningless game, uh, they're not, um, they're not going to show it because that game basically is, I get a dead rubber. And I know I said this on the show as well before, and you might have been, you might be sick of me saying this, but 
at Sky Football, Sky Sports Football does does not like Scottish football because if that was a game in England, Matthew, right? A bottom of the, uh, you know, like West Brom or whatever, right? Even though it was a dead rubber, that, that they'll still show the game. So what's the difference? Yeah, no, I think you're right, and you know, I I don't know why they. I mean, maybe they were they were saving us from watching Celtic again, trying, you know, hit the target at least once. You know, they were probably saving us uh, from from boredom all night. But um, no, but the the bit I know, I know, I know, but the the bit I kind of like read, um, you know, if that if that was the case, and I hope it's not the case, but if it's the case. I think Sky, I think the fans of Scottish football should boycott Sky then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's my opinion, but you know, I mean, even even the Celtic and Rangers monopoly of that though is quite annoying too, because obviously, when you think about Sky and you think about the way it's spread out across the English Premiership, you know, they don't just say Liverpool winning the league or Manchester City, or I know it's a bit different with COVID, but generally. If you're thinking about the English Premier League, Manchester City are obviously going to win the league this year, but in normal times, outside the COVID, Manchester City would not be on every second week they're away no, game. No, So, like, no. the fact is that even within that Sky deal, Celtic and Rangers were kind of treated not fairly because, you know, when Rangers actually had dead rubber games last year, for example, games were still covered for Rangers. Um, so you know that that argument, I think, because Rangers obviously have Stephen Gerrard or whatever, so they were quite happy. By still way, to by way good, just to clarify that, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's right. What I just said there, but I'm just repeating what you know one of my pals kind of no, said to me. No, but you're on something because if you think even within Scottish football, they've chosen Celtic and Rangers, and Celtic and Rangers are on every week. Yeah, but this, the Premier League is not know, just Celtic uh, and Rangers. I know, don't don't scam me about this because um, when um, I think I, I I think I spoke to you about this every few weeks in the show, but how um, like if we can leave this conversation here, but um, what I was going to say to you was when was the last time Celtic or Rangers wasn't on Sky this season? I.e. name me another te- name me another game that doesn't involve Celtic or Rangers and. Because most of the fan, in fact, all the fans are watching Sky football because they can't get into football at the moment, and the other fans would be a bit disappointed because they're not getting to see the team. The only way that they're getting to see the team is when they're playing against Celtic or Rangers. Now that's not right. No, and. You know, it's it's quite good for the old firm fans or or the Glasgow Derby fans or whatever we're calling it this week. But if that was in England, Matthew, I mean, if you think of it like um, a flight um, Saturday through Monday, there's at least seven games on Sky. I mean, compare that to Scotland, right? You get one game a week. Where's the fairness in that? And you think about that though, that was that was kind of you know about the point about crocodile tears about the Super League, because all these teams in England are quite happy sucking up all that money from Sky, uh, even though it's to the detriment of the Championship and the League One and League Two, to the detriment of Scottish detriment of Scottish football. The mm-hmm. Premier League sucks up the vast majority of money, you know. So all these clubs are quite happy to send all the other clubs to the wall 
to pick up their big Sky deal. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then everybody cries about financial fair play the minute a Super League is is thought up. Yeah. You know, no, no. It's a, a load of garbage, and the the fact that they were all on there crying in the last few days just made me laugh because I mean I'm an Aston Villa fan, and Aston Villa probably are one of the teams that have obviously. Um, benefited from the FA Premier League because Villa are one of the bigger teams um, but then you think about the other sides who now now the title race mostly every year apart from Leicester City that once most of the time the big four the big six are always going to be the big or the greedy six as we'll now call them the greedy six but uh, the, the big six are always nearly set in stone bar the odd shock and that's purely down to the FA Premier League and the way the money's the way the money is divided up and the way that league is structured. Now, that never used to happen when you had the old Division 1. And teams outside of that used to win the league. You had Nottingham Forest, you had Ipswich, you had Aston Villa. You had lots and lots of big teams or, or teams that outside of that big monopoly that could win the league every year. And I remember when I was young supporting Aston Villa and you always thought there was a chance of them winning the league. But the more the Premier League's got its hand or claws into the bigger ones, now teams like Villa, you're never really realistically expecting to win the Premier League now and that's purely down to money uh, TV sponsorship and all that kind of stuff that the Premier League has uh, created and that's exactly what the, the greedy six were trying to do with the Super League the exact same so now the now all the teams in England are crying wolf but it didn't bother them before and it shouldn't bother them again but just on the second point of that now that then leads into Celtic and Rangers because as soon as the greedy six were saying about the Super League Celtic and Rangers were then wanting to, or wanted uh, by other clubs in England to join a new British league. Mm. And now there's rumours that English football outside of those top six want Celtic and Rangers to come in uh, to join a new British league. And again, that's about money, resources, and nobody's moaning about it. In fact, Celtic and Rangers fans are now, they were moaning about the Super League, but now everybody's saying, oh, well, that's good that they can join the British league. Where does that leave the rest of Scottish football if those two leave? Yeah. Nobody gives a monkeys about these things. No. It's, it's all self-interest. Well, uh, another quick point I'm going to make, and I'm trying not to go on my high horse here, right? But see, when Rangers was in the lower leagues, I don't think it was fair because if they were in the lower leagues, okay, Rangers was on Sky or BT at that time. But surely, if, if Rangers are going to be in the league, show the other teams do a highlight show. But no, no, they never. They yeah. they just they just showed Rangers or Hearts or Rangers or Hearts or Rangers. You know what I mean? It wasn't any other teams. You know, yeah. so um, it's a two, it's a two horse race. Yeah, it became a one horse race for a while, and now we're back to being a two horse race again. Yeah, but that's all that matters to uh, you know TV deals. That's all that really matters to Celtic and Rangers. But yeah, they, you know, I mean, uh, uh, sorry, but they, I feel really. I feel very passionate about this issue, but I mean, see if it was Inverness against Hamlin, they would get show that. Even if that's a even if that's a big relegation dogfight game. Yeah, but if but if it was Celtic against Inverness, they would show it. Yeah. You know, like it's equivalent down to England when it was West Brom playing against Stoke City, or, or you know, just picking so, the name out. Of. So, so what you're saying is the Scottish League is geared towards the big teams. The yeah. English League is geared towards the big teams. Yeah, these ones were the ones jumping up and down as soon as the Super League was thought up. It's yeah. quite ironic. Yeah. Um, 
I bet I, I better carry on with the show, or else I've got to take a heart attack on the show. Um, <laughs> some people might like that, and um, so um, yeah, but I'm sure we'll come back to speak about this again because it's a big issue and and stuff. Well, um, like I said, I think UEFA are going to. I mean, UEFA now you'll find it'll change the Champions League structure to suit the big teams. So even you know you will have a Super League structure in place for the Champions League. That's what's coming. And that, that's what this European Super League was all about. It was used as leverage to get the bigger teams what they want from the Champions League. And that's what's going to come. There's no way UEFA are going to allow that Super League to happen. But the clubs, like I said, are, it's just a warning shot. The Super League will happen. I just think it'll be under UEFA. Um, but yeah, that's what this was all about. And like I said, as soon as UEFA... Like I said, fans have been jumping up and down and I think it's been seen as like fan power that this has happened. But deep down, it's because UEFA have brought out the new guidelines for the new Champions League and it's appeased the greedy six for a while. Let's move on now to speak about the Scottish Cup quarterfinals this weekend, believe it or not. Last week was, um, you know, they're fitting in the Scottish Cup now. To get it finished, so I'll just go through the game for you, Matthew. It begins tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, five o'clock. Um, Hibs against Motherwell, Sunday, Aberdeen against Gundy and Aikig. Rangers is at playing St. Johnson again. This came at Ibox at half six, and on Monday night, uh, Kamarok against St. Johnson. Um, <laughs> Kamarok against St. Midland. All, <laughs> all, all these games, Matthew, they're very. You know, um, the, there's something about the games, you know. I, I don't know if it's because it's all Premiership ties or whatever. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's the way it's gone. I think the romance of the Cup has kind of been killed this year, not just because of COVID, but obviously now that we're in getting to the end of the tournament and it's all Premier League teams, um, I think that's the way it's kind of gone. But, you know, the good thing, I think the good thing is Celtic are out. So one of the big teams are, are gone. So there is a chance, depending on the draw, that one of the teams outside the big two could actually win this tournament. Um, and I think that will be the interesting thing to come up. Hibs against Motherwell looks like a, a really interesting tie at Easter Road. Mm. Um, you know, Hibs have been in half-decent form the last few weeks. They obviously cemented their European spot in the league. Motherwell, in the last few games, have been good as well. They've only lost one of the last five. They've won the last... Um, four of the last five so they've been in great form that's pushed them outside to the relegation zone so that game at Easter Road is probably the game of the weekend I think because even though Hibs will be favourites Motherwell because they've played so well over the last few games there'll be no walkovers and it'll be interesting to see how that game goes because the winner of that one if the draw's kind the winner of that one could get through to the final to face say a Rangers as long as they avoid Rangers in the next round mm, yeah yeah I know exactly Um so that that kind of kicks off the game. Hibs, by the way, with that, by the way, that's a five o'clock kickoff. Um, and on Sunday, another interesting game: Aberdeen against Gundy United. I saw um, I saw Aberdeen Celtic the other night, um, and I was quite impressed by Aberdeen. And that was the first time I really saw Aberdeen. Um, I, I saw the team under the new management. Yeah, I mean Aberdeen. I think Stephen Glass obviously has been in isolation, so it's quite. Um, it was quite strange that he, the first few games he was watching, you know, from the TV uh, when he was isolating from coming back from America. But you know, I think he's quite should be quite proud of the way he's his team played. Uh, 
against Celtic because they were quite they were quite a good side. They did all right, you know. Celtic probably you know could have had the guys someone sent off. I thought I thought Turnbull should have probably been red carded. Um, when you look back on that incident, I think he was very lucky uh, not to have been sent off. And then Aberdeen would have had you know a man advantage going into that. Would Celtic have got a last-minute equaliser if they were down to 10 men? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Celtic, obviously, you know, it was an interesting point I heard someone make the other day, you know. Celtic actually were all right defensively, I thought. I don't think they were that bad. But again, they showed themselves up in front of goal. You know, they had chance after chance to score against Aberdeen and didn't take it. And I think that's been Celtic's problem all year. But Aberdeen obviously showed what they could do. I thought Lewis Ferguson played quite well um, and you know I think I think Aberdeen they've got they've got a base especially with Scott Brown coming in next year they have a base of a side who could you know build more from the back have a bit more attacking player player play as well um, you know they ran out of steam maybe last night but yeah the red card probably had an impact on that because you know even though they ran out of steam probably in the end and Griffiths got that last second equal or last minute equaliser um you know, if Celtic were down to 10 men, I don't think that would have happened so much. So a draw didn't do much for their pursuit of third place, but I think it showed that there's signs of life in this Aberdeen side. And like I said, Lewis Ferguson was probably my man of the match. I thought I thought he looked outstanding. And I suppose it's a good chance for Stephen Glass to get to the final. Uh, sorry, no, not the final. The semi-final. Um, no, it's, do you know yeah. what? You're right. You're kind of right, though, because it's the same thing for Aberdeen as it was for Hibs and Motherwell. Even, you know, if you can get because Celtic are out, if you can get into the next round and you avoid Rangers, mm-hmm. that's yeah. you into the final against yeah. Rangers, probably most likely. Uh, and then in ninety minutes, you know, as Saint Mirren showed against Rangers in the League Cup, you know, over ninety minutes, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So then, um, and Dundee United, um, surprising defeat during the week to Kamarok as well, 3 0. Nobody saw that coming, Matthew. Even you would say, well, I will want if they would get beat 1 0, but no 3 0. I mean, to me, and I've not saw the game yet, but for me, that's a like doing that they got. Yeah, I mean, well, Dundee United have always, they've had one of these seasons, I think, where, you know, they've, they've been up and down, very much so up and down. And I think their season's kind of fizzling out a little bit, um, similar to St Mirren in the sense that, you know, they're safe. They're not going to get pulled into the relegation zone. Motherwell are a bit different because Motherwell are probably safe now as well, but they've had to work to get out of it. But Dundee United and St Mirren have been, give or take, nearly top six contenders all year. They've been safe for a long period of the season. Um I don't think they obviously, their seasons are coming to an end and I think that's just the way they kind of played the other night against Kilmarnock. You know, Kilmarnock, I've been slagging them off for the last few weeks saying that they don't score goals and they concede too many. But they've started the last three three games, they've not lost in those three games. They've won two and drew one. They're starting to show a bit of life. Um, and I think that purely is down to, you know, Kyle Lafferty and his, his form since joining Kilmarnock. Um, you know, he scored 10 times in the last six games. So they finally have someone that can score goals. They're starting to shoot up a little bit at the back. And in the same way, you know, Celtic probably have, you know, a Lee Griffiths or Hibs, have, you know, have a Nisbet or a Dodge. You know, I think Kyle Lafferty is that figurehead who could just fire Kilmarnock into safety because that's going to be the interesting point of the season now is Hibs are already in Europe. The chances are they'll finish third. The league's done. Everything else is done. 
But who's going to stay out of relegation trouble out of Kilmarnock, Ross County and Hamilton? And when you're looking at it, I think because Kilmarnock now have a guy who can, who's scoring goals in Kyle Lafferty, that could be the difference in keeping Kilmarnock 10th place and ultimately not dragging them into the playoff or last place. It's the fact that they have a guy now who can score goals. Um, they're two points clear of that playoff, but their goal difference now is, is such that they're really three points clear. With Kyle Lafferty on that sort of form, I think he might be the guy who just scores the goals that keeps him up because yeah. the other two maybe don't have that at the moment. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Matthew, that Kyle Lafferty might be the saviour for Kamarco uh, from staying up this season because if it wasn't for him and if he wasn't at Rugby Park, I would fear for Kamarco. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, like most teams down at the bottom, you know, I think the big thing is you're down at the bottom for a reason. You're ultimately not good enough and you're, you're ultimately going to concede goals. But, you know, what you see is the teams that manage to survive tend to get a goal scorer who just score that one or too many goals just to keep them up there. And that was my fear for Kamarnock. The way things were going, they didn't have that player who was scoring goals. Uh, and even though a new manager came in, they weren't getting that spark that normally a new manager brings. You know, Wright wasn't bringing that. It was, it was looking that they were in trouble. But Lafferty seems to have just picked up the the ball but, or picked up the the bull by the scruff of the horns and just said, come on, we can pull ourselves out of this. Like I said, he's scoring goals. I think his hat-trick was in 11 minutes on Wednesday night against Dungeons United. Like I said, that's 10 goals. That's a high number for a, a for a team who's in relegation zone. To have a player who scored 10 goals um, is really, really good. Um, and like I said, that's up there with your Lee Griffiths sort of number, your Christian Doidge, I think, sorts of numbers. So he's kind of a goal scorer who is on par with teams that are up at the other end of the league, Hibs set third Celtic second. So um, I think he's only scored one less than Lauren Shanklin now at Dungeon United. So, you know, his strike record is is very good. When you think about how many games he's played as well, he's averaged just over a goal per league game. So it's a far better strike, strike rate than, you know, even, you know, your Edward even. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So his strike rate is good. I think that will be the difference, you know, I think he now that he's on form, now that he's scoring goals, um, you know, he's not only scoring goals, he assists goals as well. He, he brings people into play. He does everything. He's a Kyle Lafferty. We sort of remember him uh, when he was at Rangers. I think he might be the, the difference um, in regards to, you know, whether Kamarnock stay up or go down. I think Lord, uh, Lafferty will probably save them. Um, but the thing, I think you started that about United, like I said, I think their season's coming to an end. And you know, when when teams at the bottom do come up against your St. Mirrens and Dundee United's now, I think they'll obviously want it more because they have something to play for. Um, and I think that did show itself ultimately at Rugby Park during the week. Uh, Dungeon United season's over, um, and Kilmarnock very much have something to play for, and that showed the yeah, welcome back. I speak to the Kilmarnock game in St. Mirren on in a minute. Of course, they're on Monday night, quarter to eight. But I guess I want to speak to you about the Rangers St. Mirren. Um, there we go, say it again. Rangers <laughs> at uh, Rangers at Johnson, half six on Sunday night. It's one, it's a saying. Come on, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it's a saying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Paisley or Perth. I, I'm well, in, incidentally, right, and this is something that's been bugging me, and I don't know if anyone can. Maybe you know this because you're obviously more of a buddy than I am. Oh, um, oh again. <laughs> um, why is it Mirren spelled M I R R E N, but the church and the saint seems to be spelled different? 
Ah, have you not answered? You can email us in because I don't know the answer. Um, you can email us lockerroomindylive at gmail.com and Matthew will um, provide your prize. That is um, maybe nothing. You want an um, overnight stay in Paisley? <laughs> yeah, I'm Bindoran. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, there the was news coming out of the um, COVID uh, Rangers players uh, breached the COVID rules back in the day. Um, five Rangers players, they had the appeal here this week. Yeah, um, I think it was, I'm trying to remember the players off the top of my head. Was it Zungu, Patterson? Zungu, Patterson. Um, Kinnear. Yeah, Kinnear. Was it Bassey? And then there was one other uh, who whose name escapes me, and I'll have to apologise. But yeah, I yeah. think I, I think they they were all at a party uh, that was broken up by police back in February. Now, so I mean, this has dragged on, like you say, back in the day. That was February. Um, mm. Now each did <laughs> yeah. each did receive six game bans. Um, two were suspended until the end of the season, which to me, going on the fact that they breached COVID rules. Um, was was fine, but of course, you know, Rangers appealed it. Now, I, I don't. I can see why they appealed it, and again, it was self interest. I think they would have taken that on board if it wasn't for the fact that they wanted Patterson to play the Celtic Rangers game the other day. Uh, so I think that they needed maybe Patterson to play. They didn't want that appeal to kick in straight. They didn't want the band to kick in straight away because they then wouldn't have a wouldn't have a player to replace Patterson because they're running out of defenders left, right, and centre. Um, so it was a, I think it's a right back they're having issues with. So Patterson had to play, therefore they had to do the appeal. Um, they can't just really appeal one player because that looks too too obvious. Um, so they appealed all of them, and it meant that obviously the six game ban was pushed uh, down the down the line. And Patterson did play against uh, Celtic during last week, uh, and I thought he was probably man of the match. I thought Patterson was brilliant. Um, and it just showed you why Rangers did want to appeal it and did want them to play because otherwise mm. they'd have missed out on one of their best players. But um, I found it amazing that the 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 ban the ban was upheld, so they will still receive those bans, which I think is the right decision. Um, now we've had all sorts of things coming out. You know, fans aren't happy and say, "Well, what about Celtic? What about Celtic? What about Celtic? What about Celtic?" That it doesn't matter about Celtic. The the right decision was made. Rangers are saying that they're still not happy uh, with the players' sanctions calling them harsh. To me, it was the um, the exact decision that was fair, considering that they broke COVID rules. Now, the difference with Celtic is Celtic were given approval from the Scottish government. Now, again, I think that was wrong. They shouldn't have travelled. And we had a whole show nearly dedicated to the fact that you know Celtic couldn't organise anything, really. They, they organised it, and it was wrong, full stop. But whether you like it or not, and I don't like it, um, Celtic were given approval by the Scottish government to go to Dubai. Scot- the Scottish government didn't give these players uh, permission to go to a party. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very different, <laughs> very different. Um, and their punishment should have been upheld, and they have been upheld. The right decision has been made. And it's quite sad that Rangers are actually... Uh, Still, sort of contesting this and yeah, the, making the a thing about it. Were, yeah, I know. Yeah, they, they were disappointed. They say again that uh, with the outcome. Yeah, deep down, they should be disappointed with the people who caused it. The players yeah, clearly yeah, breaching yeah. COVID rules. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, it was in the interest of the SFA to do this because what kind of message would that, I mean, we're still under sort of a kind of lockdown restrictions and I don't want to tempt fate, but I've heard that there could still be one or two COVID um, morphs into the summer, say, that it might come back yeah. or there might be further lockdowns. At the end of the summer, I have. Um, yeah. But then what does that say that if the SFA went, oh, yeah, we'll squash this or we'll give you a wee puny one-game ban or two-game ban, if you're a player after that, what are you going to say if a party comes up? Yeah. It just says, yeah, well, I'll just go. Well, especially at the end of the season, if a, well, obviously Rangers has won the title, so I, I take it they'll have a, a kind of two-metres-apart party. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that, but that's something similar to you know, yeah, maybe yeah. not, but you know, I mean, what, what was it? I mean, I think Jordan Jones and now this is going back even more, but Jordan Jones and George Edmondson they were banned from Rangers for two weeks, full stop, for attending a local house party, and then they served the seven game suspension from, mm-hmm. from what I remember. So, uh, so they it was good enough for them to serve a seven game suspension, but it's not okay for these guys to serve a six game ban with two suspended until yeah. the end of the season. I know. It's a, bit, it's a bit weird, but um, however, so they've got a and, game. They, they've and, got... And do you know? And do you know what, Michael? Just a quick thing is it made me laugh because Rangers tended to, they they made the assumption that Scottish football should look to other associations. Yeah. See how they do it, and I'm just yeah, thinking, yeah. Are you looking at? Why are you talking about the English FA that are just about to lose the greedy six, possibly? Yeah. Is that the association you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, wouldn't it be Wales? I don't think. Um, but yeah, maybe it's Northern Ireland going on Rangers. I don't know. Yeah, Getting everything to Lingfield. I don't know. What about the game on <laughs> Sunday? Then I, I I never saw the game in Wednesday night against St. Johnson, but obviously St. Johnson scored what well, equalised in what was it ninety four minutes. But apparently they they got a goal or uh, chopped off side as well. Yeah, I mean St. Johnson obviously are in a similar position really to um, St Mirren and Dungeon United they're sort of marooned in 6th place they might move up to 5th um, maybe it's a bit more money if they finish 5th rather than 6th and Livingston are on such a bad run of form that you know it won't take much for St Johnston to leap into 5th but there's no way that they're going to uh, go into the top 4 so really you know it was one of those games but with Rangers calling that makes a difference, that's a difference. So, you know, if St. Johnson were playing maybe an Aberdeen or Hibs, there might not be much in it for them. But when Rangers call or a Celtic call, teams start to try. And St. Johnson have been doing okay. Um, they managed to get a draw out of that, which obviously, considering Rangers have, have lost no games this year in the league and they've only drawn six, their performance was such a level that, you know, to get a draw against Rangers isn't an easy one. Um, and obviously, I th- you know, St. Johnson could have won the game. The way the game panned out, St. Johnson ultimately could have won that. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going into that one in good form, but uh, it's Glasgow now. You know, you're it's not a it's not a home game. You're going into uh, the Lions Den at, um, and Govan, and I I just think you know Rangers while the league's over and they're trying to avoid defeating it. I think the Scottish Cup they've obviously still wanting to get that. They still want to get a double. They still want to create a bit a little bit of history. So I think it's going to be very difficult to go into Ibrox and come away with anything. But it is, like I said earlier, it is the cup. You know, over ninety minutes, anything could happen. Uh, red cards or uh, like a bad, just a bad performance, anything could happen. Um, but obviously, the smart money is on Rangers. Obviously, going through in this game, it's just a shame it wasn't 
the tie wasn't reversed. Um, because I think obviously if it was a home tie for them, they could have had a bit more of a chance. But going into Govan, it's it's going to be really tough for them. Um, so that's the last game on Sunday night, Matthew. But on Monday night, quarter to eight, as you were saying about Kamaro Kelly on, talk about St Mirren as well, because they, they would be definitely wanting to go back to Hamden after um, getting beat over Levy in the, in, in, in the, the Air Cup, uh, the League Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one of the games that could go either way. It's, it's hard to call. Um, but again, I just, I just, Kamarnock are in a good vein of form at the moment. You know, St. Martin are up and down. Uh, Kamarnock are obviously hitting a bit of run. And again, there's a goal scorer in there um, who's scoring goals. Um, I think Kamarnock have actually scored more than them this season in the league, even. So even though Kamarnock are struggling, I think they've scored more goals. It's just defensively they're looking in a bit more. But again, when you've got someone like Lafferty in there, I think he could be the difference. He could. Um, be the player who, who gives who makes Kamarnock slight favourites, but that game could go that game could go either way. It's hard to call. So that game is a real cup game, actually, a real old style cup game. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to seeing that quarter to eight on Monday night. Um, I, I think it's on uh, BBC for, for that game, and obviously um, all the other games will be between BBC and Premier Sports at the weekend as well. So I mean, go. it's one of those ones, isn't it? Because you think, I mean, I'm not saying it's a turn-off, but, you know, when you look at the Rangers game, you think, well, will I watch that? Because the chances are it's going to be one-way traffic and, you know, you know what you're going to see. So you might not want to watch that, but the Hibs game and the Commander game are games that could, in reality, go either way. And that makes them real old-school cup games. And they're the games you want to watch. You don't want to see mm. a dead rubber, you know, this is good. The chances are this is going to happen because they're boring, and that's what makes Scottish football boring. Kind of thing outside the Celtic and Rangers, you're kind of looking at the teams below it, and they're all quite even, evenly matched, give or take. I mean, Hibs are on fifty nine points, saying Hamilton are on twenty seven. There's not. So if you think about that, there's not that much of a difference on those points difference, and Hibs on fifty nine, and Rangers on ninety three. So if you think mm. about the, the mm. difference between Hibs and Rangers, one place is really high. That the difference between Hibs and Hamilton isn't that much different um, down at the bottom. So below that is where it's interesting. I mean, you get cup ties like the Hibs game this weekend and the Kilmarnock game this weekend. They're the ones that interest you. They're the ones that excite you because apart from the Celtic Rangers game, uh, what other games really excite you with those two? Not many. Um, but anything below the Celtic and Rangers games, I always think are the interesting ones to watch. And they, but I won't probably watch the Rangers game, but I will watch definitely watch the Hibs game and I'll watch the Kilmarnock game. Before we move on, um, got to say well done to Hart for winning the the championship. But it's a wee bit of controversy versus this week, Matthew, because they were saying that they, they might not receive the uh, the the trophy. Uh, I mean, everything involved with Hearts and the league generally in the last two years, I don't know how many times I said it before, but I seem to have used the word tainted quite a lot over the last 12 months. Um, or asterisks. Well, I mean, do, do Hearts want an asterisk next to the championship to say champions, but we shouldn't have been here in the first place? Mm-hmm. Is, is, that, is that what they want on the thing? Um, I mean, I think it's a bit stupid. I mean, I, I agree that Hearts probably shouldn't have been relegated. I think, you know, we had this discussion when this happened and I think they could have found a way to extend the Premier League to include teams coming up and keep parts in there. I think it could have been done 
and in reality it should have been done, but it wasn't and it's done. Now, most of the Hearts players obviously haven't, you know, I think it's a new season. The Hearts players have still had to work hard um, to win that league, whether they should have been there or not. The players who are there have had to work hard to win the league. They've rightfully won it. They've been by miles the best team in the championship, um, even though they've not done it to the style that maybe Hearts fans wanted. Um, they've still done it. So they've worked hard. They deserve the title. They deserve the automatic promotion. And whether they should have been there or not, I think the players ultimately deserve to have that party, to be able to lift that trophy. Um, they deserve that thing. And a lot of these players might not win another. Let's be honest, a lot of the players for Hearts might not win another trophy again. Mm. And this might be their this might be the pinnacle of their career. And should that moment be taken away from them because hearts some hearts fans think they shouldn't have been there in the first place? I think it's a bit I think this part of it's a bit juvenile. I think the players, regardless of what went on before, the players have won this league in their own right and therefore they should they deserve to lift the title and they deserve to celebrate ultimately promotion. Um and I think that's what should happen. Um I mean, like I said, Hearts fans or maybe, you know, believe that they were unjustly relegated and that's fine. But the players do deserve to raise that prize because they've worked their backsides off to get there. And what was a tough league, I mean, we looked at the league uh, before it started and it wasn't just Hearts. There were a few teams in there that we thought might cause a bit of trouble. Dundee for one. I thought Air would have been a bit better than they have been. Um, there's a few teams in that league that could have caused problems. So Hearts didn't have it all their own way. Uh, they had to work damn hard to win that league. Um, and I think it's right that those players get a chance to lift that prize because, like I say, some of those players, this might be the ultimate in their football and career. They might not win anything else again and therefore they deserve to to lift it whenever they're going to lift it. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So well done to Hearts. Let's move on now, Matthew, to speak about a new tournament happening. Um, oh, before I say something just quickly about the women's football before you move on to the rugby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Glasgow City, it looks like they struck struck a decisive blow really to win the title after Rangers lost um, the old firm derby to Celtic um, oh, the other day. Oh, that was in Wednesday night, yeah. Yeah, so it looks like Glasgow City, uh, they won, uh, they, they did trail Hibernian, um, but they came back and they won 2-1, so that moved them three points clear, um, but Celtic also um, managed to do Glasgow City a favour by beating Rangers, so it looks like now uh, Glasgow City are in pole position to win that Scottish Women Premier League one title um, mm-hmm. again. Um, so it looks like that happened. Spartans they won two one against Forfar to move into fourth. So that's quite good for Spartans. And Motherwell moved off the bottom uh, after a two one win uh, to Hearts. So it looks like Hearts Hearts right now sadly are are rooted to the bottom of the table after Motherwell won. Um, but yeah, it looks like Glasgow City are going to win the league again. Uh, and fair play to Scott Bird and everyone associated to Glasgow City. Yeah, yeah, he's been there a few years now and he's doing work well. So, so that's good. I'm feeling uh, old, Michael, because I remember him still as a player. Everyone thinks of him now as the Glasgow City manager. Right? Yeah, I still no, look I at him as well. Yeah, don't <laughs> worry, me. I'll be, I'll be with you all the way. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of the way. Um, Let's move on now to speak about rugby, and there was news coming out this week on the Pro 14 about the um the the Pro 14 that they're going to set up a rugby um so the a uh, Rainbow Cup it's called. Yeah, I mean, pro for the Pro 14 is over as a season. I mean, um, 
I, I think you know the final was was relatively recently. Um, Leinster Leinster won it again. So um, yeah, I mean Le- Leinster have dominated this, and the season finished, and you know we are where we are. But the idea was that. Um, the, the Rainbow Cup would come in after the Pro 14, so that would be split into two. two it would be split, and uh, South African teams would be able to come in as well. Yeah, but that's two tournaments. Yeah, yeah, but that's had to change obviously because the rules on COVID have changed. So it was like I said, it was originally you know the Bulls, the Sharks, the Stormers, uh, the Lions were were due to be involved in this tournament, and they still are. But obviously, like you say, you know it's going to be two separate tournaments. Uh, one will be held in Europe and one will be held in South Africa. So we still will be able to watch the South African players. Um, it's just that they're going to be playing against each other. And obviously the, the other one's sort of more regionalised. So, you know, Edinburgh will play Glasgow, um, I think, twice in this tournament. They're also, you know, they play Zebra tonight. Uh, Glasgow will play Benetton, and that's before the Scottish Derby's coming up. So it will be strange, you know. I, I think it's hard to organise this tournament because, you know, South Africa have got different rules. You know, Scotland have got different rules. Northern Ireland and Belfast, obviously, for Ulster have different rules. Wales have different rules. The Republic of Ireland has different rules. So there's all these nations that are involved in this. Um, they've actually dug well to pull it off. Yeah, no, they, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think they would. Uh, and they managed to, I mean, it's obviously a bit different than what we imagined it would be. But we'll still have rugby, look, you know, going into May which is quite good. And given how well Scotland did in the Six Nations, it will be good considering that Edinburgh and Glasgow haven't had the best of seasons uh, for lots of different reasons. But, you know, you're hoping that after the good season Scotland had, and these players will be coming back in to Edinburgh and Glasgow to play constantly now and consistently. It'll be good to see, hopefully, maybe Edinburgh and Glasgow uh, picking up a bit of form. And to be honest, both of them should win this weekend against Zebra uh, and Benetton, respectively. So we should have two Scottish wins this weekend. Um, and then they move on to the derbies. So it'll be good to watch. Uh, and hopefully, like I say, hopefully considering we've had a really good Six Nations, hopefully, you know, Scottish rugby can stay on the map with this Rainbow Cup and we can compete. You know, I was actually thinking about that when, when you said that, Matthew. Overall, rugby, football, whatever, even snooker, the 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 tournament organisers has actually did well to get to get it back on. Yeah, it's been. Do you know what I mean? The Pro Fourteen this year, I think, has been a bit disappointing. That's only one, and because Scotland has a a very limited pool, considering we only have two clubs. Um, it does make it hard when Scotland are playing internationally because a lot of these players will go and play for Scotland, obviously, and it leaves a, a rump at Edinburgh and Glasgow that's left over from the squad. Now, I'm not saying these players are, are poor players. They're not. They're, they're elite players. But the problem is because there's not that many to choose from, when, say, Leinster and Munster, when teams like that lose their international core, they're still a very good player base underneath that that Edinburgh and Glasgow have don't have and they can't compete with it unfortunately but when Edinburgh and Glasgow do have the Scottish contingent in there they're a match for anyone and I think that's what we're hoping will happen you know in this Rainbow Cup but you know Scottish rugby as a whole has been good you know like you said the tournaments have been held Scottish rugby arguably have had one of the best years in the Six Nations we've had for a long long time you know I mean we beat uh, England convincingly so we beat France and we deserve to beat France too Uh, we we deserve to win against uh, Italy at Murrayfield. And to be honest, we should have beat Wales at Murrayfield. And that left Ireland game. Now, 
even though we were poor against Ireland and Ireland were the better team, it still came down. The, the only reason we lost that that game was a poor decision right at the end that led to a penalty for Ireland to get the 3.1. But when you think about it, we, we threw away that Six Nations. Arguably, we could have had a clean sweep and won that Six Nations. And we were so close to doing it, it was unbelievable. So it's been a very good year for Scottish rugby. And that, again, has been shown by the fact that, you know, the Scottish rugby season passes came out uh Recently, a few days ago, in fact, I picked up mine uh, while I was at it. So, you know, Scotland, the Scotland season pass for 21-22 is sold out. So there'll be full houses at Murrayfield when games um, come back. I think, you know, we've got Australia, we've got South Africa, and we've got another game that's yet to be scheduled into the autumn tests. And then we've got the England and France games in the Six Nations. It's a very good price product. And because Scotland have done so well, it's sold out within, you know, a day of it going on sale. It sold out, so you know there's no more season passes there. And Scotland have also done a really good job generally in COVID. So not only have the international teams did well, and you know the clubs have done as well as they can do, obviously given the circumstances. But you know Scotland rugby has confirmed that another funding package of six point five million will be made to support the clubs in Scotland as the sport emerges from COVID. So, um. 1.5 million is earmarked for immediate club recovery needs and safe sustainable return to rugby below the professional standard and a further 5 million will go towards stimulating growth and participation over the next five years at, at the community level so you know like i said there's essentially three funding streams club recovery return to rugby and uh, growth and participation fund and you know it's not a small amount 6.5 million is a large large investment but that's what Scottish rugby have confirmed to the community teams in Scotland. Scottish rugby is in a very, very healthy place, and I hope that keeps going. And and we obviously get more participation because we're on Scotland. Scottish rugby is on the brink of something here, um, and I just really hope we can push on and uh, continue the upward spiral because things are very exciting at Scotland. Scottish rugby at the moment. What well, well, one thing we haven't spoke about on the show so far is you, you know cricket, but we've got a bit of news about cricket this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't really have cricket very much, do we? And I, I thought, considering I saw this piece of news, really, I thought we'd include it because, um, oh, quickly as well, just quickly, Scotland against Wales, um, the women's Six Nation, it's on Saturday, twenty fourth of April, oh, five o'clock. Yeah. Well, I'll be quickly. I'll shove that in just quickly. Um, you know, Scotland rugby haven't had the best of performance or best results really, but performance-wise, I think Scotland have been better. So again, the women's games are not upward trajectory. But about the cricket, uh, Scottish men's coach Shane Shane Burger has actually said that it's vital that the T Twenty World Cup goes ahead for cricket's sake. Now we spoke about this. Would you believe months and months ago? Because the Scots have obviously qualified for the T20 World Cup, and that's really big. And it was due to be held in Australia, and we spoke about it because it was such a big thing. But obviously, COVID uh, postponed it. Now it's been moved to October, uh, and it's been moved to India. But obviously, because of that, um, the COVID situation in India, uh, it's now on the UK's travel red list amid a surge in cases. And I think there's a, a worry that there could be another postponement in, in the T20 World Cup but you know for Scotland's sake because Scotland have qualified for it and they've worked so hard to qualify it I think everybody you know Shane Burger but everybody I think associated with Scottish cricket, cricket is praying that it goes ahead because um, you know it is massive for, for uh, cricket in Scotland that you do get to World Cups and it's huge um, so let's hope for everyone um, 
craving for cricket at the moment, but obviously watching Scottish cricket, but the the World Cup goes ahead and we can watch Scotland finally play cricket in the World Cup or, or play cricket in the World Cup. Yeah, that would be good to see Scotland represent, could get any sport, but, um, at, you know, different sports as well. Just quickly, before we finish off this week, Matthew, um, the, t- the women's football team you were mentioning earlier on, uh, Team GB um, at the Olympics, of course, Olympics was meant to be last year. We all know what happened. So it's going to be played this year in Tokyo. And the team, uh, team GB for the women's football, they have been grown on uh, Group E um, against Kanga, Chile and Japan. So hopefully they will do well on on that one. And let's I see. But uh, hopefully... Couple of um, female from Scotland will be going as well. That'll be good. Well, I think you nearly said. Did you nearly say Team England there? That was a very fraudulent slip there, Michael. You oh, nearly, was it? Yeah. Well, I think it sounded like you nearly said Team England, oh, which uh, um, I must apologise. But but just for everybody, I think who's listening to this station, uh, hopefully this will be the last time Team GB play in any Olympics. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> order, and uh, yeah, so um, finishing up this week, um, uh, looking at um, basketball, um, of course, it's not been a good run for Scott, Scott, uh, Glasgow Rocks in the basketball, but the, however, they're playing tonight against Leska Rhinos. I wonder why, I wonder who comes up with these names, by the way. They, they play Le, Leska Rhinos and... Uh, uh, Rhin, rhinos are a well-known animal residing yeah, in Leicester. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's a half seven and uh, on Sunday night, they're back in the Emirates Arena, they're playing London Lions Rah. So um three o'clock kickoff for that. Um no, I think no. we're nearly on to another slip there uh, to do with a certain Irish organization there. What? <laughs> <thought you're... laughs> What's that? The other but when you said rah, I thought you said something else. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was doing my line impression. Okay, yeah. Okay, well on that note we'll you just imagine Michael lying on a spinny bed with his line outfit going raw. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Austin um, Powers esque. Just because well this is the end of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um as I say thanks for this man if you want to email us anything about your line outfit or whatever. You can do that. Uh, no, no pictures. No, no pictures. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe I just said that. Coffee <laughs> room, angrylive at gmail.com. We'll be back next Friday. Have a good week here on Angry Live Regular.